0: There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the Dwight.
1: One, two, three, set, go. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, I'm absolutely honored and very excited for this one. We're talking to Ramone's drummer, Richie Ramone, and Richie was the Ramones drummer from 1983 to 1987, playing on Too Tough to Die, Animal Boy, and Halfway to Sanity. And to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Animal Boy, we're going to talk about the writing and recording of that classic record, as well as what Richie is currently up to. So we got a lot to get into. Richie, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. That was a nice intro.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I, I've uh,
2: Yeah, everything's good. You know, post-COVID, hopefully... Stuff starting to come around again, but LA just going down a lockdown tomorrow again.
1: Again? Uh,
2: yeah, we got to wear masks indoors again now.
1: Oh, I did not the see cases, that.
2: Yeah, the cases have ticked up here, and so who knows? You know, it's just about you know the unvaxxed is uh, causing a problem. You know, and uh, that's what's happening. But anyway,
1: no, it's unfortunate. I'm happy.
2: Yeah, I'm happy things are still moving in the, in the right direction, but you know we need to be touring again. You know, and we need to get out there.
1: Which and I and I do want to get into later because I was, like I was saying earlier about like getting into what you're up to. I do know that you were uh, announcing shows and stuff, so it looks right. like you're ready to go. Like when thing, when things are ready, like you're you're ready to play.
2: Right. Yeah, I've rested for you know, fifteen months. I'm ready.
1: Oh yeah, you got because yeah, you play like you when you go out. I feel like you play quite quite a few shows a year still right mhm but uh yeah, you
2: have to you know you don't make any money recording records but i think you need to record records to still stay relevant you can't just go out there and playing stuff you know forever and ever you know you know what i'm saying i think writing and releasing records is part of touring and they should go hand in hand
1: no i agree with that i mean including i mean you know after a while, like like we're talking about, like Animal Boy, like when we get into that, it's like great record. But I can see where thirty five years later, you want to throw a couple other songs in the set. You don't want to be playing the same song over and over again, you know. So new stuff, new stuff is not a bad thing at all. But uh,
2: on the creative side too,
1: yeah, it's good I to still keep play that the going. Same
2: songs I played for fifty years, but you know, the creative side helps, you know. So.
1: But getting into it, you know, with Animal Boy, like I said, 35 right. years, it was released in uh, May of 1986. Do you remember when you guys actually started writing songs for the album? Like, when did the idea start going that you were going to write this next record?
2: Well, you know, you're really going to test me 35 years ago. <laughs> it
1: was... And it's okay if, yeah, if it's not, like, precise. But we
2: never, We never wrote as a band together ever, so... I think we just, you know, it was time to do an, another record. And I went to my corner. Joey went to his corner. Uh, John went to his corner, I guess. I don't know if he wrote anything or, you know, I think he, I don't know, maybe did something with Didi. And Didi went to his corner. We record our stuff on cassettes, bring them to the manager's office. We all sit down, listen, and pick the songs. That's the way it went.
1: Now, for you, like I mean, because I know you guys toured so much. Did you write on the road much, or did you write when you were at home? Um, home, home. I
2: try to write on the road. I think on the road I gain the experience, or I stumble across something that would be a fun song to write. But I don't. I don't have the capacity to sit there and write. First of all, I'm in a different city every night. You know, and when you when you see a bed, you just glue yourself to it because you're traveling so much and you're tired. So I don't, but the things I see are the kind of stuff I write about, you know, so.
1: You go get the, you get the influence on the road and then you go home and write about, right. you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because you were, I mean, I can't imagine touring the amount you guys toured and to kind of write as well after playing all those shows. I mean, it doesn't seem like you got a whole lot of breaks
2: no you don't and then you you... know and it's a shame you don't get to see much of the cities of the world you you know if you get a day off in like rome it's kind of fun you know or something like that but you basically don't get to see nothing you get there at four o'clock you play you know you sleep the next day 11 you go in another city so
1: yeah you you don't notice i've realized that because i think sometimes people think that like with touring bands i mean obviously you see the road but I feel like including if you're like in a big tour bus per se, you're seeing a lot of interstates and stuff. You know, you can't like drive that all around. Right. You have places to be. So it's like, you know, you're not always particularly seeing every, you know, site or whatnot. You know, you're no. kind of going like you mm-hmm. were saying to the venue and stuff. Like you're very kind of right. regimented, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. But uh, with writing, I mean, like you said, you all kind of went and wrote, like wrote your own stuff was there any like adding ideas like together, or were songs fleshed no. out separately? Like you you brought yeah, the song and it was out. done, all all finished. Yeah. Oh wow! So so when you brought in and how many songs you wrote? You wrote one or two, right, for Animal Boy?
2: Animal Boy, I wrote two. I, I, you know, I wrote a couple, but John would only allow me to have one because I was getting a hundred percent of the royalty. So. It would affect his pocketbook. I could have written the three best songs on the record, but I was only allowed one. So
1: Oh, jeez.
2: So that's how that happened. And the third album, uh, you know, uh, Halfway to Sandy, I was allowed to have two songs on it. So it would happen on the first album, you know, uh, Too Tough to Die and Animal Boy. Uh, Martin, our Baker's bakewood label in uh, England. He would always take a second song of mine. So the English releases have two songs on them. <clears throat> Of mine, the U.S. only had one, so whatever. Well, he put one of my songs as like you know he used to do uh the EPs, but the large scale EPs, you know, full size albums. So, you know, I would get he would put that out as as an album on that, you know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah,
2: you know, like, some I remember I think one album of those, the A side was you know. Somebody put something in my drink, and the other side was uh, Smash You. I don't know. They were both written by me. Johnny hated that. He called that the Richie Ramone record.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is too bad because I feel like, speaking of Animal Boy, I mean, not only does uh, somebody put something in my drink, open it, but that's like one of the, I mean, that's like looked upon as like one of the best songs on the record, which, you know, it's a bummer. You, you know, you can have at least a few more on there
2: it's probably in the top 20 to this day i know it is they played that song even after i left till their last show that stayed in the set so that was an honor
1: it was it was you one know, of my so, first ramon uh, songs i'll tell you that it was one of the first right. ones i ever heard
2: but uh you know and i wish they did a video of it Didi always used to talk about that he really wanted to do a video of that song
1: now did but i see that, that that you like partially started doing a video for it no no Mm-mm. no no that would that would have been a good one. Were there? Oh yeah. So you had two videos on Animal Boy then, right? You guys did two videos, or am I? Or no, just one. I don't, I don't know. You have to tell me. <laughs> I think one. But uh, going going back to like writing, like you said, I mean, obviously, I, I was going to ask, like, with it being your second one, if you had more freedom. But it doesn't sound as much as that. But. Did you have less pressure recording on this one now that it was your second album with them? Did you feel, did you go in and kind of, were you more laid back at all?
2: No, I never, I never felt pressure from day one, you know, from the audition to whatever. Pressure is not a good thing. If you're prepared and you know you can do your job, you know, uh, there's no pressure. I mean, when I first got in this band, Joey and I hit it off. We became best friends, like, forever and ever and ever until his death. God bless him.
1: And, uh, but, no, I never felt pressure. No, no, no. And where'd you guys record Animal Boy at? I don't know if it was Media
2: Sound. It was in the city somewhere. In but, New York? Again, you're asking me, yeah. <laughs> 35 it's years probably later. in my book. If you look at my book, you'll probably find it, but it's, um. Yeah, Media Sound, I believe, in New York City.
1: And how long did it take to record? I, th- I think we got
2: the place for five or six days straight. What would, what it would be was, I remember doing my drum tracks a day and a half. So I was in there for a while. You know, I recorded all mine in 10, 12 hours. A day and a half, I was done.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And, uh, and then, you know, we all play together. And then once you have the drum that's why with ramones with me anyway you wanted to make sure you know you were doing that first take because john didn't want you doing this sitting there doing six seven takes eating up the clock taking his money <laughs> so you had to really uh you know be sharp and make sure you would really did it right the first time and that's what i did they were all first takes on all my albums maybe one or two were second takes oh wow uh, those are all just Takes, those are all no no uh, no click tracks on there. Oh, wow. And any of those things, that's just pure drumming, no fixing and moving bass drums and snare drums and nonsense like that. So, and I remember even Dave Stewart, he produced one of the songs so he wanted to, you know, sha-la-la-la, you know. He wanted to use a click track I because he wanted to sync. I said, nah, it'll be all right. I, I don't need it. And I was a half a beat off from beginning to the end one point zero five beats per minute off which he was like <laughs> calling me he called me the human drum machine
1: <laughs> that is awesome yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah so it's a different thing you know
1: it it definitely but doesn't I'm, sound like you were a like writing in the studio band then like you went in with your songs written like there wasn't I, there wasn't tooling around in the studio then
2: no we came on our songs we picked our songs. And then we rehearsed for at least a week before we went in the studio in the rehearsal place. So we rehearsed them before we went in. You know, we, we already knew the 12, 14 songs we were going to record. So, you, you know, you always want to make sure when you're a musician that, you know, if you've got a band, you know, be prepared. Have your songs written inside out so that, you know, you can just lay them down quickly
1: so then then it was that way for all three records you were on then probably yes Mm -hmm. just right away not it, which is interesting i i like which it made sense like you were saying if y'all wrote them beforehand but i was wondering if there was any studio like writing in the studio but no not at all it sounds like you guys like knew what you were doing going in yeah just at home i wrote
2: mine on a casio keyboard little tiny hundred dollar keyboard you know and um you know, everybody wrote their own thing. We tried one session. It doesn't work. To have a songwriting partner, someone that clicks with you and moves with you in the same direction instead of pulling other ways, uh, they're hard to find. And Ronnie Ardito from The Shirts, which was a big band around the CBTV days, he was probably one of the most, you know, that I ever got along with as far as songwriting. You know, we wrote a song for such notes for the deep 52s called the Orbit. We just clicked when we got in the studio, but it's it's hard to do with anybody. It's very difficult. You know, so, for me anyway, you know.
1: Do you still, to this day, do you like kind of writing by yourself, like when you're doing your yes. own?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. But I use some other artist things. I have a new single coming out. It wasn't written by me. It was written by Mark Diamond from The Dwarves. Oh, nice. Uh, but I, I, I really like the song, you know, and then I put my spin on it and you know, and uh, so that'll be the new single coming up, you know. I don't want to give it away yet, but it's coming.
1: <laughs> it's coming. Uh, yeah. We'll be ready for so. it. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure. on on uh, Animal Boy, I mean, did you just use one drum set for the whole recording? Yes. Same setup for the whole thing?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and- I said, he locked it out, so I did it in a day and a half. Went in at 10 o'clock or noon. Probably went to nine o'clock at night, and then the next day went for two or three more hours. I was done. I left. And got it. Done.
1: Now, were you used to like? Had you recorded pre like prior to the Ramones? Had you ever like? Mm-hmm. Have you ever recorded in that kind of like situation like that? Yes. Okay, I've so you're used to being under pressure.
2: Yeah, it's not pressure. It's just knowing what you're doing.
1: Oh yeah, that's right you know, Not being pressure.
2: being a session drummer. You know, a session drummer is different than a live drummer. You need to hit, you know, all the drums at the same volume. You need to find the sweet spot on, on the stick to get the proper rim shot time after time, you know. It's it it's a fine line, you know. There's plenty of cats who could play live smashing around, but they can't cut it in the studio, you know.
1: No, that so, that's very true.
2: To get the tone on the times, you gotta hit it in the same spot. You gotta, you know, finesse the cymbals so you don't over smash them so they you know bleed too much there's a lot to learn so session drumming's different but i've done it you know shit i was playing drums since i was seven years old so <clears throat> i knew what's going on
1: you think doing all that session drumming is why you like got so precise like you said like you don't need a click track like did you think is that mm-hmm. just from years of just because you're right you play so much i'm sure you play so many different styles too because you're playing mm-hmm. whatever comes your way i take it
2: right i mean Yeah, I studied, you know, I read music, I studied for years drumming, you know, you know, I was in marching bands and carried snare drums and carried timpani, did all kinds of things, you know, but, you know, I, you know, and, and you know, you can only get so much out of a book, but you gotta, you gotta have something special inside that you're born with to, to put you in the, you know, to get you in there in the caliber of, you know, drummer you know there's there's drummers and there's people who play drums you know it's a different thing i like that oh um to get to that spot there's something special that you know that's there you know but it's uh, my mother always told me she said i never had to tell you to practice never had to tell you to practice i mean i had a teacher who taught me you know everything you do in drumming you do it slow perfectly in meter. Then the next day, maybe you can go a hair faster. Then the next day, a hair faster. But everything has to be clean. Got to play it clean. And if you can't play it clean at that tempo, let's back it down till we get it clean. And it's amazing if you learn it that way, um, you get fast and fast and fast and clean. You know, and that helps with tempo working with metronomes.
1: So that's cool. I I, didn't, I mm-hmm. guess I didn't realize like your history that that far back. I mean that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like again, well, you didn't read my book. I have not yet. It, it, I know it, and I really need to. It came out two years ago.
2: Yeah, I think so. Year and a half.
1: I'm asking those year questions again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the, you know, like we were talking about a minute ago, one of the most fan favorite songs, one of the best Ramon songs, I would say, somebody put something in my drink, which you wrote. It kicks off Animal Boy i mean do you remember writing that song at all do you remember how long it took Hmm. that's
2: a good question i don't i don't know how i don't know how long it took the lyrics always take longer but i don't know but i remember writing it on a casio keyboard you know a little tiny 50 dollars casio keyboard in an apartment plugged in somewhere and uh just playing that, then tu... you know? Yeah. I mean, and uh, So I don't know how long it took. To hold, the whole story behind that, though, you know, was I told Dee Dee the story, and Dee Dee was one who said, you should write that song. And that's why I wrote it, so, you know, to thank Dee Dee for it, you know? That's but awesome. I don't know how long, it, how long it takes to write it, you know? Back then, now, you know, long, nice studio You know, my yard where I write, but it takes longer because there's more equipment and more involved equipment, you know. But there was just a little Casio and a mic, and you did it on those little four track cassette, those Frostec things that you were able to get four tracks out of a cassette player. And that's how I did it, you know. So,
1: do you still have any of those? Yeah. You still have the demos of those?
2: I I have demos. I have tons from when Didi and I worked together doing all this rap stuff
1: oh nice so,
2: yeah i have tons of things I have tons of reel-to-reels but really can't do nothing with it because it's all tied up and legal so
1: that's cool you keep it though i was wondering that like if you you know some people keep you that you can't stuff.
2: throw away your work you can't throw away your work oh you i know? agree I mean, just but then what do you do it just sits in an box you know so, but it's hard to throw away
1: yeah, please don't like my throw mother, that away.
2: My mother kept stuff in New Jersey. You know, she passed like six, eight weeks ago. She kept all this stuff, and I can't throw it away. I had to like ship it all back to me, and now it'll sit in a box to me, like my like my uh, stocking when I was like two years old. You know, my <laughs> Christmas stocking. How do you throw that away? You can't throw it away. I'm never going to do anything with it, but stuff like that, you know.
1: Yeah, those are those weird things because you're right. You don't really they don't have a purpose but there's so mm-hmm. much like sentimental value, it's like, I can't just throw that in the garbage. Right. There's history mm-hmm. to it, you know? Yes. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. But do you remember the first song that got recorded for Animal Boy? Do you remember the first one you guys ended up like completing in the studio? Uh,
0: no.
2: I mean, there's never any completing. The way it happens, me, D, and John going to the studio, we go one, two, three, four, we play. It'd be like, Drums sound good with you? Oh, yeah, drums are great. Okay, done. Now, Dee, Dee would play again to the track, and then John would overdub as best as they could do. And then, you know, other, good, other people would help lay some tracks on top of their tracks. So, but that's how it went. It's that fast. I don't know which one went first.
1: For, you know. uh,. Well, like you were just saying, too, with other people coming in, like guitar, like I know Walter Lohr played on a few of those albums. and I know he played on this yeah, one. Yeah, he
2: played lead. Mm-hmm. Were you. And then Daniel Ray would play some guitar stuff on later stuff. Did you so like. So Jean Bouvard would play from the Plasmatics.
1: How was he as a producer? I know he produced that record. How was he as a producer? It was fine,
2: but, you know, um, the sound at that time was a little too electronic y on the drums for me, you know, uh, but John was a great guy, you
1: know? I mean, you know, for, uh, for like going back for a second to Walter Lure, I mean, like, were you around, did you get to know him much at all? Were you around when he recorded that or or were you kind of like, were you out of there? by? I was around, but I didn't get to know him much. you know. no, not at all. And then, were there any songs, which, I mean, it it sounds like there may be, um, were there any songs, like, that you recorded for the Animal Boy Boy sessions that uh, have just never seen the light of day? Like, it sounds like you may have demos of songs that, like you said, you just weren't allowed to have, you know, more songs on the record. Are are there some that we've just never heard? Well, I
2: know, but they were never recorded, you know, so either they fell by the wayside or...
1: Oh, so they never got that far to, like, record it. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So then, I also wanted to ask, I mean, getting more to a recent day, I know, mm-hmm. besides music, I think it's really cool. I see you've been working on uh, films and doing some acting. I know you have some films coming out mm-hmm. later this fall. How did you get into acting? I think I think that's awesome.
2: Um, I was doing a, uh, a pop con somewhere in Chicago, and a director came up to me and said he wanted me to be in his film. and. I said okay and that was um Head Cheese the movie that's on Amazon now and it started with that and then I met uh he wanted me to play a vampire in another role which I just finished doing covid in January but uh and that's why I met uh Tam Glenn from Halloween 5 oh nice and uh, and she's just been so fantastic with me we're best friends and We hook up on a lot of movies now. So I did that movie. I shot a movie in Boca Raton with Tam called Youthquake. I just came, gosh, last week I was in Seattle shooting Friday the 13th Vengeance 2 Bloodlines. Oh, nice. So so I'm in cool scenes with Jason, you know. You know, I mean, um, this is pretty intense, so. The movie thing has been doing pretty good and who knows you know people say I'm really good at it. so I'm enjoying it now. it's giving me like a second you know, I don't know second chance at life, you know it's just like it's so rewarding. you know I read more and you have to study and learn stuff. It's new to me. you know I've been in the music business for a hundred years, which I love more than anything, but this is something new. Plus, I get to write some material for the movies, you know. So um, I'm having a blast doing it. That's all I could say. So
1: that's awesome. So
2: I've shot like four or five movies already. They're coming out all next year. I don't think they're going to make it. They won't be
1: ready this year. Do you see yourself? You just mentioned you can you like write a little bit on these films. Could you ever see yourself writing like a whole film yourself? You think you would ever do the whole that?
2: thing, like all that background <laughs> stuff? I don't know if that would maybe. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work, and I may get bored at it. I'm not sure. I enjoy, like, writing, you know, a whole song that gets in there or the title track or stuff like that. But to sit there and go, ooh, you know, you just put some spooky chords in, I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that getting boring. If they were going to pay me a lot of money, you know, I may think about it, you know, but... And they got so many great guys who do that, you know, who made their whole career doing that, you know, because it was big money in Hollywood doing this. But these are a lot of B-movie roles, fan film roles, you know. I'm not working for Warner Brothers on these films, but, you know, they're shot really good on black magic cameras, you know. They, they, it looks beautiful, so it's rewarding. Film is really interesting. I really like it.
1: That's awesome. So, I mean, up until now, I mean, had you ever thought about acting before in your life? No, never. Never a thing? That's cool, then, that you're enjoying it.
2: I love it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm fanatic about (laughs) it right now. That it's hard for me to watch movies now because I'm always watching the actors and seeing what they're doing. You know? Oh, yeah, I can see. That's how bad it's become. Like a film editor will always be watching the edits and see how clean or the color or whatever. You know, I'm I'm focusing on the actors and you know exactly how they deliver lines and how they portray people and the facial expressions.
1: Well, that so, kind of that kind of brings up the question then, music wise, uh, has that ever happened mm-hmm. to you with music? Where like you know, from maybe you're recording or whatever. I mean, really, like you said, you're a session drummer. Doing that after a while, like, does that get to you? Where it's where it's like you can't enjoy music because you're just. Breaking it down and over analyzing it and stuff, have you ever gotten that far no, with music? Never. no? Mm-hmm. that's a good no, thing not even
2: when I'm writing music, I don't try not to listen. I don't want to be influenced in the music in the music department, you know I just write what's in my gut. there's no name for it. it's not punk rock. it's all just rock and roll to me, whatever it is, you know, but no as far that as def- that doesn't happen.
1: As far as uh... I'm
2: looking about the craft, it's a new craft, you know, it it is a craft. I thought acting was nothing, but it is a craft, you know, you know, and when you find a character, you want to study about that character and you get to be that person and live and eat like him. This is how these guys do it, you know, so that you once you're in character, you're that guy, whether you're a dad, whether you're a killer, whether you're a vampire, you're that person it's so cool to become someone else and you stay like that all day you know
1: (laughs) that does sound really is is there anything that you think you could that you have applied from music that you could bring over like that that you've used for like acting like is there anybody used anything you learned from music that you could bring over there
2: Mm. oh not really listen you got to have the it factor i have the it factor you know, I can uh, I can do stuff, and people pay attention to me. It's just in me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just what's there, you know. Um, so I don't think you know musically you bring anything over. It's totally different than music.
1: It's think, a whole different yeah. monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. Actually, that's pretty cool. Then, so you really did jump into like a whole new territory. Then, like you know, there's A whole new territory. That is, that is in fact, reactable. I have
2: a meeting in an hour. I got to go to Hollywood. I have another meeting with uh, some big a cat. I don't want to talk about now, but we're going to meet about something coming up.
0: We'll, so we'll find out it, soon. It,
2: it's constantly all happening. It's it's just been like really so much fun, and the people you meet are fun, and the people you meet, you know, you saw you thought us rock and rollers know how to party. We ain't nothing. Compared to the actors, <laughs> they can party. Oh my!
1: You know? Oh man!
2: Yeah. No. That's another fun thing. Maybe that's why I never wanted to go there. I figured they were all stiff. No, <laughs> you way. were wrong. Wrong. <laughs> that's what you've Try learned. another. Try another answer.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So you know that is awesome. It sounds like there's tons of. stuff. So I
2: fit right in, you know. <laughs> you were
1: you were ready. You yeah, know, you were happy about the revelation. You when you realized mm-hmm. you went, oh, okay, that's all good. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I never had a yell once in all of these movies I made. Line, which I'm proud of. You know, if you forget a line, you just yell yell line, and they yell out your line before the scene. So. But it is a lot of waiting, you do wait around a lot. But that's when you get to talk to the people and have fun and eat or do whatever or go online or
1: Now do you ever write you ever write music in that free time or is it kinda like touring where it's like no?
2: No, there's no. Like I told you, you need to become somebody else.
1: Oh, that's true. You
2: can never you can never fall too far away from characters because you want to be that person. You want to stay there. You want to talk like this guy talks, you know? You want to be tough like this guy's tough. If you keep watching back and forth, it's just so hard to turn it on and off, you know?
1: That's a great... You know? I never thought of that. That's a great... When you,
2: when you perform on stage, you're all pumped up. You know, you, know, you want to... You, you're the God up there. You're going to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what you, that's what you do for an hour. You don't, like, go back and forth and go, oh... These two songs, I'm just gonna like sit on a chair over here in the corner and sing them. And these, you know, no, you just go. So you try to stay lit up like that. And a lot of times, you're rehearsing lines with people. If you have uh, parts that have six, seven people involved, you know, you have to rehearse lines because that camera will run for a minute. You know, and you want to get it all smooth between people. So that happens sometimes. You
1: know, so so you keep busy then in between, yeah, in between shots. Mm-hmm
2: yeah that's awesome but there's a lot of waiting that's why these stars have these uh, trailers you know they may go in there for hours
1: i imagine that's where and, the partying you know, why the partying you know, they do so much
2: not so much there it's no. after when oh, okay it's, after. Know, when
1: they stop for the day yeah when it's over for the day boom
2: <laughs> no we don't really party you know then that'd then just be a sloppy mess you know you got to be serious about your work same thing if you're a musician don't be all sloppy on stage. Nobody wants to see that. Your audience could be sloppy, but when it's over, then it's time to go. You know, then 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 that's your time.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh man, no, that is that is awesome, and it does. I mean, it sounds like on the film front. I mean, you you have really jumped into it. Like, there's tons to expect yeah. for you coming soon from that. As far yeah. as music, anything to. Uh, Expect coming up from you uh, musically. I do know you just announced a tour, which uh, is hitting a few dates around us here, if you're listening to the Jamestown area. But uh, I know the tour... It's all
2: on uh, uh, richomone.com. But yeah, we we start uh, October 26th in New Haven, Connecticut. And we finish somewhere... I forget where the 11th is. But we're all around, you know. You know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania... I call my little East Coast run and then I'll do the Midwest run, you know, but uh, I break it up into these little runs, you know, for like three weeks and it works out better. We'll be in Washington, D.C. for Halloween. I love that club. So that's going to be fun. And uh, I like I like this week before Halloween. I I think people uh, it's a fun time of the year. And let's hope COVID behaves and we don't have to go to masks again because then I'll just cancel because I'm not going to play. To you know, uh, half filled, you know, fifty percent capacity nonsense.
1: Oh that's yeah, no, that so, would be a bummer. Right,
2: let's just you know. Hope that that all stays together. A big European tour starting in March of next year, and New Jersey. I'll be at the um, the HarborCon in Atlantic City, September second, third, and fourth, signing autographs and everything. And no, that's November. Sorry. November second, third and fourth. I'll be in Illinois at the Midwest Horror Fest. in September second, third and fourth. But anyway. So you stay busy. So that's what I'm doing. I'm You're doing staying some, real busy. Uh, yeah, I'm doing some cons now and I'm gonna try touring, see how it goes and um seeing if people are coming out or whatever. Yeah, well, I've been sitting around for so long, you know, it's a real bummer, you know, I really I really sunk in a deep hole for a long time months. And, and, um, <clears throat> what happened was the only way I pulled myself out is I did a seven day water fast. Like the monks do. I just drank oh, wow. water for seven days and it like recharged my brain. It did. It just, I don't know. It just did something to my body. Like, you know, and so I've been riding on that now for a while. I think it's the thing of, you know, the, um, having the willpower to do that changes your brainwaves you know try not eating for seven days just drinking water it's pretty tough
1: that takes but, a lot of willpower
2: you know, yeah so i think that and the monks would do it like for two three weeks sometimes it's, it's crazy <laughs> and then some other people do it too but you know it was uh, interesting you ever you done
1: know, anything go, like that before
2: no not really no but you know i read about all this ketosis and all that kind of stuff and your body goes into this thing and it starts. You know, making energy from the sugar, not from the fat, and it's just uh, it is something that occurs in your body. Like you don't use this part of your body until you fast like that. Then another thing kicks in. You know, so you'd have to read about ketosis or whatever.
1: Wow, that's and crazy! I don't
2: Think we have a long enough time now
1: <laughs> to get into that? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah so I did that, and I was fine.
2: Kind of snapped me out of it and uh and now you know now i'm happy now i've got my re- single recorded and one's for the protege Moore movie the vampire movie that's the soundtrack to that movie i don't want to say the name of the song yet but you'll see it probably in september because i'll be shooting a video for it in
1: august oh nice uh,
2: it's a cover song but it's uh pretty
1: cool now would you ever and, try uh, directing maybe a music video directing a music video yeah you know kind of as we were talking about like even writing because maybe a future a feature films too much work no, how about doing like a music video no no <laughs> Fair i'm enough. not a director
2: i'm a songwriter
1: fair you know, enough fair enough you
2: know, directing isn't really my thing you know there are guys who have an eye who know how to look through that lens and know what they're doing you no know, i'm not that guy I could write music, but I'm not gonna shoot it now. Or be the
1: director. <laughs> well, that's awesome doing I mean you yeah. really you really do. You're like keeping busy on all fronts. Film, we have music, we have a tour coming up. You're doing mm-hmm. a lot. Like you're you're going in like you're going right back to it, it sounds like. Yes, I am. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we have just a few more questions for you before I let you okay. go. Jumping back to Animal Boy for a second, what is your favorite song on the record?
2: Somebody put something in my drink.
1: But uh as far as I mean, Animal Boy as a whole, on the three records that you played on, where does that fall as like your favorite?
2: Animal Boy as a whole, the three records that I played on.
1: Yeah, if you had to rank it, like where would it fall? Well, on Too there? Tough
2: to Die would be the first album. Too Tough to Die is a historic album. It brought the Ramones back to the raw sound and um you know, that's never gonna change. You know. So as far as a record, they had a couple of sleepy records before that. This was the album that got them going again. It was my first album. So as far as an album, yeah. I love that album. at the top three, you know.
1: Yeah, I can't blame you, and you're right. It did it did it did But Drinks up. the Lead yeah. Off
2: Song. Drinks the lead off song, that's the best song. I mean, you know. You know, I mean, uh, you know, but don't ask me my favorite song of all Ramones because that's impossible to do. Don't ask me my favorite Ramones album of all time because that's impossible to do. You broke it down to those three. I think historically, Too Tough to Die is an important album historically. Okay, so, and that introduced the world to me, so whatever, you know nice but you know you have songs like Eat That rat and stuff like that with the uh, that's so much fun you know but um, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna pick
1: Drink you know nice I won't and I won't uh, get too specific but as far as is when you were playing with the band like what was your favorite song to play live like from your era like you know songs from those Mm -hmm. albums what was your favorite one to play live maybe the one that got like the most response Oh, uh, I don't know one of
2: the one that got the most response, you know. I like playing highest trails above. It had a cool drum part in it. Um, but, like, again, you're going, you know, favorite songs live. They're all favorites. I played with the effing Ramones, dude, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go, this is better than that. No way. <laughs> You have a really the good way point I there. was there there's, there's, you know I can't get into specifics and favorites like that, you know, unless it's broken down to an ABC then if I had to choose that <laughs> way, but no, it's all terrific, all amazing. Just sold out shows everywhere. just what a time, what a time, you know, and I'm so thankful that you know. I was, you know, able to join the brothers for that time, four years and ten months I was in the band.
1: so That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. I mean, you played on some great records. You wrote some uh, great mm-hmm. songs for the band. Like I said, it's too right. bad we couldn't have heard uh, more. But I'm also happy that you're doing your thing now. You know, we get to hear you right. now and, you know, hear, hear your uh, stuff. Right. So as we're closing out here, I mean, yeah, if you want to tell people where can they find you online, where can they find, like you said, you have the book. You have the films. Sure. We got music coming up. Like, you know, where where can people find you online?
2: You know, the book. You know, that's um, sure, that's on Amazon. It's called I Know Better Now. It's on Amazon. It's a hardback, I think it's only like sixteen, seventeen dollars, something ridiculous. But I like the book because a lot of people don't know about me, and that talks a lot about my childhood, growing up, you know, and how I got into the band. It's a fun story you know head cheese the movie it's called that's on amazon prime or amazon maybe be able to find it on youtube and then you know next year protege moir will be coming out youth quake and this new one vengeance 2 bloodlines should be coming out so a lot of these if you look around have some you know um go things they're always looking for you know and for a little bit of money, you can get some cool stuff out of these movies. So go around, check some of that stuff out. And you can find me at, on Facebook at Rich Ramon or the Rich Ramon or hashtag whatever, Instagram. I don't know. If you want to find me, you can find me. They'll as find long as you know me. it's really me. Make sure you know what I look like. There's <laughs> a lot of imposters out there.
1: Find, find the real Richie Ramone and yeah, yeah and stay connected with you cuz yeah again you have a lot of stuff coming up i mean and my
2: website com that'll show you everything
1: oh there you go and yeah that's probably the best know. place to go then if you can right, find to start, yeah
2: and then on there you can go to the instagram page and you know hit me up instagram i'll hit you back you know and um i do all my stuff myself so you know when I've had too much to drink, I go on Instagram and Facebook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're hanging out with the when the people yeah. in Hollywood, when you're all done. Filming. No, you know what
2: I like? I love going on in the morning. Like, when well, I first wake up, I look around before I make coffee. You know, it's a fun way to wake up, see what's going on. And then the news, and then I make the coffee, and then I start my day. Nice. Pretty simple life, us rock and rollers lead.
1: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but. But that's awesome. I mean, you know, I am very happy that you know I obviously wanted to talk about Animal Boy for its anniversary, but I'm happy that there's mm-hmm. lots to talk about with what you're doing now. You know, it's good to see you yeah. being so active and doing things. So, yeah, I'm, you believe
2: it? still going, it's still crazy. going
1: strong, so, still going strong. Just
2: want to stay healthy, and um, I just think I still have a few things to give the world. That's all. And uh, when I run out of things,
1: I'll definitely stop. I, I will um, say, I, I have to read your book, but I will ask, is it something you could ever see yourself doing again? Because I've, I've heard both from people. Some people say they'd never do it again, other people really enjoy it.
2: I do it again because I want to do more about After the Ramones. It gets into maybe a paragraph or two after the Ramones, but.
1: Oh, so I've yeah, got you have a lot crazy to talk
2: stories. about. I have a lot to talk about. You know, that book probably goes to, like, you know, whatever 1990 so there's a lot more to talk about uh but yeah i would do it again it is a lot of work i had to rely excuse me rely on a lot of people for you know you want to get the dates right you want to get the years right you know you know you know and that was really the hardest part you know
1: yeah that 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 makes sense again you know after 35 years i can't blame you if you don't remember exact like times but uh but yeah, so this is awesome. We definitely have to have you back on sometime, maybe next time next when you write that book. But uh we're gonna play okay. some Ramones, we'll play some stuff off Animal Boys. Okay. So right right now right. right now here is somebody put something in my drink to kick it off right here there on the go. power chord hour. Right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast, like one of the few times that the Ramones ever really got political, that was Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, before that was Love Kills with Didi Ramone on uh, lead vocals there, which I always loved songs that uh, Didi sang on. I thought his vocals were great, including with Richie, that's the other thing, is like that era with Richie's drumming and like the songs Didi would sing with his vocals, like... It would give them this hardcore edge that like, you know, you normally didn't hear in a Ramone song. And I always loved it. And that's one of those ones. And uh, opening up that block of music written by Richie Ramone and a very, very good song. One of the very best on the record. His favorite on the record. And uh, I definitely agree there. That was Somebody Put Something In My Drink right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. And I want to thank Richie Ramone so much for calling in. I mean, I don't think I have to tell you. Absolutely amazing. That was a very cool An absolute honor to talk to him. Very, very funny. Before we got on the mics, afterwards, during, he was uh, he was an absolute blast to talk to. Very funny and uh, very open. I thought he was very honest. Like you know, I know that uh, things didn't end super great in the end, and I know that uh, he had issues in the band. And you and you've heard things like that before, like like with Johnny, where it's like, okay, I could definitely see where that sound like from what from what you've heard through the years like oh yeah like that sounds like johnny to be like oh you can only have like one song an album because of uh you know writing credits and things like that which is uh it just it stinks because i think richie was a very he doesn't get credit he's a lot like cj who uh was another honor to talk to a few years back like another person who you got to remember the ramones were together over 20 years altogether. I mean, I can't remember the exact year they started, but, I mean, they ended in 96. So, I mean, 75, 76 to 96, you know, it's like 20 years. And when you had people like Richie and CJ who joined the band, that was like a breath of fresh air and pumping life into the band. And Richie's totally right. Like, you know, they had a few records before he uh, joined, before Too Tough to Die, where, you know, there were a few good songs here and there, but they were not like classic Ramones albums and uh, I think on Too Tough to Die, I mean, he kind of set it in here, like, I mean, that was a return to form, and really an important record for the band, so, you know, very cool, like, I think he he really did help breathe, like, fresh air, and uh, life into that band, as well as CJ, you know, a few years later, so very cool to talk to him, that was absolutely awesome, and uh, Animal Boy's a very good record, too, I feel like Again, like, I, I hate to keep saying the same thing, but, like, a lot of those later era Ramones records definitely don't get the credit they deserve. Like, you know, they, uh, they're they one of those bands who I think just had such a strong, like, in the beginning, they had such a strong run for, like, the first, like, four or five records. And then, you know, like, end of the century, you get to where it starts being, I like a few songs on there, but that's about where they start to, like, you know, their track record starts getting a little shaky. But uh, some of those later records like really showed them like returning to form and like just and even ones that weren't returned to form like they did different things, but were just amazing punk rock records, you know, and it was really cool to see a band who had been around that long, you know, still continue to do such cool stuff. So Richie was such an important part of the band for the time he was in it, you know, which I mean was a big, big chunk of the 80s and, uh, you know, three records too, nothing to scoff at, you know, he was uh, definitely a part of the band there for a while. And, uh, some really good, there's some great live performances out there. I think one of my favorite Ramones, like, live songs, I forget, I think it's on a TV show. It might be like Old Grey Whistle Test, but, uh, with, uh, Richie on it for, when Too Tough to Die came out, they're doing Warthog, which, uh, you know, like I said a minute ago, how much I love, uh, songs that Dee, Dee sing on. You know, that's a song that Dee, Dee sings on, but Richie is singing the Warthog part in the, uh, in the choruses and in the beginning, And he's, like, screaming his fucking head off. Like, it is so rad. Like, it is such a good performance. Like, Richie's giving it all on the drums while screaming his heart out. You got Dee Dee just going nuts. It's kind of funny, too, because it's it's a great performance, but Joey doesn't sing on that song. So he's just kind of on the stage, like, moving around, you know. It's like, you kind of feel bad for him because it's like, you don't really know what to do here, you know what I mean? He's not playing anything. But, uh, yeah, really, that's a great performance. If you just go on YouTube, look up Ramon's uh, Warthog Live, you'll probably find it pretty fast. But uh, really, really good. One of my favorite, like, Ramon's performances from any era. And, uh, yeah, just really good. was awesome to talk to him. Got to have him back. And uh, I got to read that book. It's so funny that he mentioned it because I've been meaning, and I don't want to be like, oh, I've been meaning to read your book because it's like I'm sure 100 people have said that. But it's like I truly have been meaning to read his book for uh, quite a while. So, uh, you know, again, I'll plug that. You should go You should go check out uh, I Know Better Now, which uh, I think would be really, really interesting. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I learned things on here uh, just from talking to him that uh, I didn't know, and it sounds like there's a lot more to learn there in that book. So I know that came out a few years ago. And uh, I've definitely meant to go check it out. You should go check it out and uh, go check out all his other stuff. It's rad to see how busy he stays. You know, he's doing the uh, he's doing tons of film. I know he does the conventions with uh, something like CJ Ramon. They go do those, do like the autograph the uh, autograph sessions and different stuff at conventions. And uh, I mean, as well as music. I mean, you know, I mean the biggest one is the music. You know, Richie is still. Quite a bit, you know that a uh, vigorous touring schedule of the Ramones hasn't uh, left him, and uh, looks like he's ready to tour again. So, tons of places. If you're listening uh, in the Jamestown area, he's playing around here a few places. If you're listening elsewhere, he's playing all around in the country, and uh, also I believe he said was it Europe? I can't remember now. I know he said he was he was. Uh, they're also touring somewhere out of the country later on in the year. So, very cool, and I'm sure 2022 will uh, be a very packed year for him, you know, I'm sure he has a lot ready to go and I know he teased new music and all that. So, uh like he said, stay connected with him online so you know when all that stuff comes out. But uh, yeah, just absolutely awesome. I uh I throw that one up there. With uh, legends, you know, like like people I've interviewed, who I'm like, oh, that's a that's a living legend, and uh, Richie's one of them, you know. Last living, and the other thing too is on Animal Boy, he's the last living member, and really the last living member of his time in the Ramones. You know, everyone else, uh, Johnny, Dee Dee, and Joey, have all uh, passed away. So I mean, as far as uh, you know, any of those records that he played on, he's he's the last living one. So I mean, that's the other thing. Truly an honor to get to talk to him, you know, and hear that stuff firsthand from. Uh, someone who was there, which, you know, sadly, there's there's less and less of those, you know, so it was a definite honor, and uh, yeah, so I've talked to him, and again, I mean, if you've ever missed it, uh, CJ Ramon, I interviewed him back in 2017 when he put out his excellent solo record, uh, American Beauty, another Ramon who, you know, post Ramones is still, like, putting out some really rad music and still putting on great live shows, another one you should go support, you know, both of them are, and they are, they're working class musicians, like, they're Ramones. But they're working class like they go play, you know, just like the Ramones were like they play shows like, you know, half of the year they're playing. You know, they're out playing. They're still recording music. They're still doing stuff, you know, like they're still out there doing it. And, uh, yeah, definitely want to support them because, again, they're living legends and, you know, there ain't many. All the original Ramones are gone. And uh, but, you know, these guys are still legit Ramones. And, uh, yeah, at this point we got left uh, CJ Richie, Marky, and uh I do count Elvis Ramone. I do as I was talking to uh, John Easdale from DramaRama uh a few months ago because uh Clem Burke was the drummer in DramaRama for a little bit in the 90s and I told him I'm like technically you did have Ramone in your band like you know and uh yeah so I I, I even though it was like two shows maybe three I uh I do count uh Clem Burke Elvis better known as Elvis Ramone uh <laughs> I count him as a Ramone and uh yeah so that was really fun. Got to thank Richie again. I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. That was a lot of fun. And uh, tune back in next week. We'll have your July rundown. Crazy to think that uh, we're at the end of another month. And uh, tons of good guests coming up, I will say, because I've had to pre-record a few. I am heading to Denver. So uh, I had a few guests early on before I left. And I will tell you, there's some really good stuff coming up. So uh, make sure you stay tuned here to this podcast. I'm sure I'll talk more about it on a next week's episode but uh stay connected with the show at power cord hour on uh instagram on twitter and on facebook we are on uh spotify and uh both for the podcast as well as i put up playlists there all the time from the radio show and for the podcast uh, not too long ago We did the uh, top five, or actually like two weeks ago, the top five uh, fat record releases with uh, Joey Cobra. Me and him picked a few songs off all our uh, albums that we talked about. And uh, there's a big old playlist on our Spotify page. So just go search Power Chord Hour on Spotify. Maybe you're listening there right now. But uh, yeah, so we're there. We're on social media. Follow us there if you would. Email me hour at gmail dot com. Uh, tons of free stickers. So hit me up. I will uh, send you some, and uh, you can hit me up whenever. I, I will have them with me. So even if you uh, email me and I'm uh, still on my trip to Denver, I will uh, have some with. Uh, I'll have them. I'll have them on hand just in case. So I'll, I'll mail you some out. But uh, yeah. So stay connected with us. Make sure you tune in next week. And uh, if you need more Power Chord Hour, every Friday night, 10 Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. That is the WRFA, or not the WRFA, the Power Chord Hour radio show. Uh, This will be airing, if you're listening the week this comes out, this will be airing again on the radio show this Friday night. But then we'll play a whole other hour. The second hour, I'm going to play tons of Ramones. From uh, the Richie era, from the not Richie era. I'm going to play some of his solo stuff. So uh, a lot more than what you heard tonight. and uh, Or really whenever you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, so that's something to check out. You can also uh, stream it on the website, wrfalp.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to check that out. Tons and tons of music. Always have fun doing the radio show. That is the OG. I mean, that, that was what we were doing. You know, we're, we're celebrating five years of the radio show now. And uh, so Yeah. But enjoy, and you know if you haven't heard that uh, if you haven't heard that one with uh, CJ Ramon, it is on the podcast feed as a throwback episode from uh, last year. It's also on our YouTube page because I did do that bad boy back uh, four years ago, and uh, yeah, really fun. I can't believe I've gotten to interview two Ramones now. Very very cool, dream come true. So thank you again to Richie and uh, for the Power Court Hour. I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.